Welcome back to Time with God, a podcast put on by Trinity Lutheran Church in Bangor, Michigan. Today is February 6th, 2020, and we continue our walk through Scripture today as we look at Genesis chapter 3, the account of the fall into sin. As always, we ask you to, to stick around through the reading of the scripture, because afterwards we'll have a little talk about what this section of scripture has to do with us. And there's so much in, in, in this section, particularly. Genesis chapter 3, taken from the Evangelical Heritage Version. Now the serpent was more clever than any wild animal which the Lord God had made. He said to woman, Has God really said you shall not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees of the garden, but not from the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden. God has said, You shall not eat from it. You shall not touch it, or else you will die. The serpent said to the woman, You certainly will not die. In fact, God knows that the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was appealing to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took some of its fruit and ate. She gave some also to her husband who was with her and he ate it. The eyes of both of them were opened and they realized that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for their waists. They heard the voice of the Lord God who was walking around in the garden during the cooler part of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. The Lord God called to man and said, Where are you? The man said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. God said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree from which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit from the tree, and I ate it. The Lord God said to the woman, What have you done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the livestock and more than every wild animal. You shall crawl on your belly, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. I will put hostility between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He will crush your head, and you will crush his heel. To the woman he said, I will greatly increase your pain in childbearing. With painful labor you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband, but he will rule over you. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife's voice and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you shall not eat from it. The soil is cursed on account of you. You will eat from it with painful labor all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles will spring up from the ground for you, but you will eat the crops of the field. By the sweat of your face, you will eat bread until you return to the soil, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust and to dust you shall return. The man named his wife Eve, because she would be mother of all the living. 
The Lord God made clothing of animal skins for Adam and for his wife and clothed them. The Lord God said, Look, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. Now, so that he does not reach out his hand and also take from the tree of life and eat and live forever. The Lord God sent him out of the Garden of Eden to work the soil from which he had been taken. So he drove the man out, and in front of the Garden of Eden he stationed cherubim and a flaming sword, which turned in every direction to guard the way to the tree of life. So many interesting items in this section to talk about. First off, you see the serpent, the devil, taking the form of the serpent and changing what God's word really says. The devil is good at what he is, does, and, and he's been doing this since Adam and Eve fell into sin. Making people doubt. Did God really say that you should do this? He changes God's word. He says, you certainly will not die. In fact, God knows that the day from when you eat it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Trying to paint the positive picture. devil knew what he was doing. Eve, who he was talking to, and started to doubt. Started to doubt what God said. Started to doubt the promises of God. And there you have the first sins, doubt. We see Adam standing by doing absolutely nothing. Because Eve gives him some of the fruit after she eats it. And what does he do? He just eats it. But apparently he's doing, standing there doing nothing, not stopping his wife, not saying, hey, don't do this. You see how that sin just snowballs. Starts off as something little. And then... Gets bigger and bigger as it rolls down the slippery slope. Notice how quickly Adam and Eve fall, too. In verse 7, we read, The eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for their waist. How Quickly, they had fallen. If you know anything about fig leaves, you know that it's not going to cover anything. And yet, this is the best that Adam and Eve could do to try to cover up what they had done. Then you have God walking around, asking where they are. They're hiding because they don't want to face the God who commanded them not to eat of the tree that they ate. They knew they had done wrong. They knew the consequences. They knew what was coming. They had every reason to be scared. And so God confronts them. What 
did you do? He says that to Adam first. What does Adam do? He points two fingers to blame. One to Eve and one back at God. He says, the woman you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit from the tree and I ate it. Not only had the first human beings fallen into the sin, but now they're even blaming God himself for making it happen. How quickly they had fallen. How fast they had fallen. We do the same thing, don't we? Oh, I didn't do it. He did it. Or that thing that you gave me, that's what caused me to fall into that sin. Instead of taking blame and saying, no, I did it, we always try to find the easiest way out and the easiest person to put the blame on. God goes to the woman, what have you done? Blames it on the serpent. Well, he did it. He deceived me and I ate it. So then God says to the serpent, you know what? Now you are going to crawl around on your belly for the rest of your lives. That's the way that we know the snake or the serpent today. What was the, the serpent like before that? We don't know, but presumably it wasn't crawling around on its belly. Satan taking the form of the serpent. And tempting people to fall into sin. Then we have the first promise of the Savior. First promise of the Savior, Genesis 3, verse 15. I will put hostility between you, the serpent, and the woman, and between your seed, the serpent's seed, and her seed, the woman's seed. He will crush your head, the seed of her will crush your head, and you will crush his heel. You see, what a wonderful promise. He hasn't even got to the consequences yet. But he lays out a promise for them. He says, I am going to send someone that will crush you, that will defeat you, that will crush your head, that will ultimately and finally defeat you once and for all. It won't be easy, though. You will crush his heel. You will strike his heel. It will hurt. It won't be easy. But ultimately, the victory will lie with the one that is coming. It's interesting to note that in that verse 15, in the promises of Genesis and their fulfillment, the translation uh, that is used here in the EHV retains the literal expression seed rather than offspring or descendants to keep the imagery of the Messiah as the seed of the woman. 
And as you go back through the history, it would be, we can trace back the history of the Savior, the line of the Savior throughout the generations as is laid out for us in Scripture. And obviously it all goes back to Eve. The promise of the Savior. Saying, I will take care of this problem of sin. Yes, you are going to die a physical death because that is what I laid out as a consequence. But I have a promise for you. I am sending someone to save you. All this before he gets down to the consequences for man and woman. As we go on in the chapter, he lays out those consequences. He says, well, childbearing is not going to be easy. Adam, he says, you know that ground that was easy to take care of? Not so much anymore, thorns and thistles. You're going to have to work. You're going to have to sweat. You're going to have to do things that you don't want to do. Just to get along in life. And then he reiterates the idea of a physical death at the end of 19, for you are dust, and for to dust you shall return. Remember back in yesterday's podcast where we read Genesis 1 and 2, we read that Adam was formed out of the dust of the ground and God breathed into him the breath of life. Well, he goes back and says, and points back to that and says, you know, you came from dust and to dust, you will return. Before I get into the last couple of verses, you know, there's always a question that people ask or seem to ask, and that is how much time elapsed from the end of creation to the fall into sin? Now, from Scripture, we don't know. We, we certainly don't have any... Uh, Anything that we can say it took a couple days or it took a month or two or whatever. But one can surmise that it probably was fairly quickly. Because God gave the command to be fruitful and to multiply. They certainly would have wanted to follow through on that command, and yet there are no children at this point. And so one can surmise, one can guess that it wasn't a very long time, perhaps even days between creation and the fall into sin. Going back and looking at the last couple of verses... Remember God talked about the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in chapter 2. The command centered on do not eat from those trees, especially the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for if you do, you will certainly die. They had just, do, did, they had just done that, and now we're on the path to physical death. But in order to protect them, God loves them so much that he doesn't want them to reach out and grab from the tree of life, thus living forever in their sin and in their torment and in their pain and in their toil. 
No, he doesn't want that for his children. He wants to deliver them to his heavenly home. And so he drives them out of the Garden of Eden and and places an angel in front of it with flaming swords so that no one could enter and eat from the tree of life. God protecting them. One other thing that would like to highlight about this uh, last section of, of, of chapter 3, and that is this. Remember how earlier it was mentioned that they had fallen quickly, that they thought fig leaves could cover them. Not only do we see God protecting them by placing the cherubim at the entrance to the garden, but we also see him providing for Adam and Eve. In verse 21, the Lord God made clothing of animal skins for Adam and for his wife and clothed them. He provided for them. He provided suitable clothing for them, not the stuff that they had made in haste to try to hide from God. No. He provided for them. Why? Because he loved them. He cared for them. He didn't want this for his children. That's why he gives the promise of the Savior. Such an important chapter, such an important verse, Genesis 3, verse 15. And now as we continue to walk through Scripture, you will see how that all ties in together. How the plan of salvation throughout the old old throughout the whole Old Testament into the New Testament. And how Jesus fulfills and is the fulfillment of Genesis 3, verse 15, and all the other messianic prophecies that are found in the Old Testament. This ends our podcast for today. Certainly, thank you for listening. The Time with God is a podcast put on by Trinity Lutheran Church in Bangor, Michigan. Trinity Lutheran Church is located at 115 East Monroe Street or on M43 in Bangor, Michigan on the east side of the city. You can visit our website and learn more about us by visiting www.trinitybangor.org. And as always, may God continue to bless you and bless all of us as we dig into his word and learn more about him and his love for us.